Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Yeah, we're coming now. Hello and welcome to Wrestling Daft Marks. I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft and host of this show. And sitting across from me, or sitting on Zoom across from me virtually, uh, is a man bigger than the list of stars released from WWE. Oh, sorry, poor taste there. It's Big Alex. I've got my box of tissues that's bigger than the list of people released from WWE because it's going to be a tearjerker. I know, I know. Uh, we have uh, said, uh, if you're watching this on Patreon... Um, if, if not, why not get signed up patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. You can check out the video version. Alex has uh, got, we've, we've went for our favourite release stars and tribute to them. Alex has went for Rusev in the tank. I've went for Intercontinental Champion Zack Ryder. And let's get to a man who this week only just worked out that Otis's Caterpillar was named after a bit of heavy machinery. It's Gary Cassidy. I am slower than the news weeks before this one. Uh, that's all I can say and, and get into that caterpillar thing. But yeah, uh, and behind me, I've got Eric Rowan, who I want to say isn't my favourite star that was released. But just because of the way it's happened after his most recent storyline, it's one of those, you know, images that uh, precede disaster type thing where I have to have him holding the spider because, yeah, <laughs> you know, that might be a part of the reason why he's one of the stars that was on that list, sadly. I know. Well, let's get straight into it. You know, last week we're sitting here saying, oh, there's not much news, not much going on. You know, we were at the point of recording it. We just heard the news that the XFL had gone bust. Then the WWE then hit off with, oh, we're making releases. And then suddenly, about an hour or so later, we get this absolute bomb dropped in us. Of, they basically went right through the, the rest the the roster completely. I think, so I, I think the way it started as well with Drake Maverick and that emotional video on Twitter, I think that just yeah. set the tone, didn't it? So let's just go through the list, the list of people that have been released uh, from the roster. Drake Maverick, as you said there, Alex, Kurt Hawkins, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, Heath Slater, Aiden English, Eric Young, EC3, Leo Rush, Kurt Angle, Sarah Logan, Mike Chioda, Primo Epico, were they still even there? Um, Rowan, Mike Kanellis, Maria Kanellis, Zack Ryder, No Way Jose, Rusev, Diona Perozo and Alexander Yaksik. Wow. On top of that, there was a lot of people followed from the, the, the backroom. Fit Finlay, Shane Helms, Billy Kidman, Mike Rotunda, a.k.a. IRS, Pat Buck, Sean Devary, Scott Armstrong, Sarah Stock, and Lance Storm, who has just joined the company. They were, they were producers. Um, and created the Otis and Mandy storyline as well. She uh, She's apparently been laid off too. Yeah, Andrea Listenberger, who works in creative, uh, and uh, Serena um, from, obviously... Serena Deep. In, yeah, Serena Deep from uh, back in CM Punk's... Uh, Serena Vega's old tag team partner. Yeah. yeah. So um, there was a few more names as well. There was um, Tenara Conte, MJ Jenkins, Dan Matha, Matha, uh, Tino Sabatelli, and then Cassius Ono has also revealed that he was released but they ones have all been quietly slipped under the radar, um, but they've all, they're all gone as well. First of all, boys, what names most surprised you when you saw that list? Alex? Big one for me, I was quite surprised to see Kurt Angle, and the big one was Mike Chioda, of all people. Like, you look back at the, I mean, Mike Chioda is just one of those people that you kind of recognise. You don't realise how big of a legacy that he has until 
on obviously once he was released, people were running down some of the matches that the guy's done. You know, he's done like main events of WrestleMania. He's he's done like was Brock versus Hogan at like WrestleMania 18 and stuff as well. So like, you know, what I mean, he's been a big part of their heritage, and you wouldn't have automatically thought that the referees would have been the first ones to the chopping block either. He's been since 1989, believe it or not. I heard. He's yeah, that's that's a lot of long, long that, time. Which is great. Any you weren't surprised about? <laughs> Well, I think people like your Rusev, your Hawkins, uh, Mike Kanellis. Uh, oh, the other one for me was actually Gallows and Anderson was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, but yeah. That was another financial one because I think they'd offered them quite a large, uh, large amount of coin to stay on uh, just after AEW began. So yeah, yeah. probably makes sense there. What about you, Gary? What was the biggest surprise when you saw that list of people? Um, I was really surprised by Drake Maverick just because he'd just announced his in-ring return and then been, you know, booked for a tournament, which, as far as we know, he's still going to be competing in on NXT. Yeah. I don't know. I was, I was kind of surprised by Sarah Logan as well, even though she's not being used much. She was used on Raw. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll get a few of these things to mention on her as well, but obviously she was mentioned a lot on Raw last night as well. And there's a few rumours that, her and a few others might not be gone for the company for good. The rumour is that Sarah Logan and maybe a couple others, I would think Drake Maverick would be in there, are now on a 90-day trial for their own job, essentially. And WWE's got the option to rehire them after 90 days. Wow. It, it, which is... So the, the, the other rumour was that Sarah Logan was meant to be on Raw last night. I, I don't know how much I believe that one, uh, simply because the way she was written off last week with, you know, the arm break, arm break uh, and inverted quotes. But they did mention her a lot and she was mentioned quite heavily. So that's, again, no confirmed, but that's the, the rumour is that there is an option for WWE to pick him back up in 90 days, which makes you wonder why would they actually, I know why they did, uh, but why would they confirm the releases rather than just keeping it quite quiet don't even need to move them to alum alumni section. Just have a quiet word with the talents saying, you know, you've got 90 days um, to yeah. essentially show your worth. I know that's also quite harsh, but you've got 90 days to show your worth. Don't announce they've been released because it is quite a, quite a traumatic thing. <laughs> I, I know, it's, it's horrible. I mean, obviously, you know, unprecedented times is the first mention of it today. Um, <laughs> but, you know, every big business is, is going through this at the moment, you know. Um, obviously, the WWE... Awesome. WWE had the investment in XFL as well, which obviously went to the wall. I want to come to you on the figures, Gary. I don't know how much you know about the figures, but I was hearing, you know, this this um, by freeing all these guys is going to save them 140 million or something along those lines. Right. So it's a bit of an odd one. Um, I want to be clear that I'm taking my numbers officially for the ones that WWE released to their investors. Um, there's been a lot of journalists chucking out numbers left, right, and centre that are. I don't want to say inaccurate, but they're bending accuracy a wee bit. Um, so the main figure that came out, and this this came out right before the releases got announced, where WWE said they needed to cut staff numbers, they needed to, the official line was reduce the headcount, um, which I know is a clinical way of saying it, but that's normally the way corporate you know press releases are. Um, I also want to put it there that I've, I've got no clarification on this, but I haven't been involved in redundancy before. Um, I know that they do normally offer redundancy before they make it compulsory. So there's a good chance that a lot of these superstars might have offered to go rather than, you know, being shoved, essentially. Um, but in terms of the numbers, so a lot of people are saying that, you know, oh, WWE didn't need to do this. They've got $500 million in the bank. That's not true. Uh, so essentially, there is a $500 million figure there, um, but that includes debt capacity 
it's not what they've got in the bank. Um, I, I've no idea how much it is cash credit, how much is debt capacity, but the 500 million figure, you know, it's, <laughs> it is what it is. It's, it's debt capacity rather than being just the money they've got in cold hard cash. I, I tend to, I always try and look at both sides. While it is sad that people lose their jobs, you know, they're a business, uh, they've got a lot of figures. The, the thing that they said they were cutting back on, it wasn't just the releases that added up to the, the figure that I'm going to give. They also said they're cutting back on expenses for wrestlers and stuff like that, which, you know, I guess would, would kind of go hand in hand with them bringing less wrestlers to the tapings and stuff for safety. Uh, there was a lot of different cost-cutting measures they put in. One was the, the move of the headquarters from Titan Tower. Um, they were going to make a new headquarters. So the staff reductions all in um, in terms of cutting people's jobs, furlough, and uh, the expenses drop, that is meant to be amounting to roughly $4 million per month. Um, again, I don't know how close it is as an accurate figure, but that was what they said they hoped they would get to by doing these cuts. Um, that was $4 million a month. And then this, this bit is the last figures a wee bit, you know, give or take, um, where they said that that, coupled with them not doing the move. The move from Titan Tower has been deferred for six months. No work will happen on that for at least six months. And that, coupled with the four million per month figure, is meant to result in savings, or sorry, no savings, that's the wrong word, the wrong word to use, um, but increased cash flow uh, or allowed cash flow of $140 million per month. Right. But it's, it's a strange one because... There's been a you know a lot of talk of them them going for live to pre-recorded again. Obviously, it's not completely pre-recorded, but that would incur broadcast credits unless they've got some kind of agreement with the broadcasters as well. So there's a good chance they're going to be paying out quite a, quite a bit of money as well. So it's a bit yeah, you know, there's always more than meets the eye when it comes to financial stuff with with corporations and businesses. Have we not been hearing that they have actually been able, like both ABC and Fox, have now um, said that they can do pre-recorded shows again? Did that not come out this morning? Yeah, I have no idea. I missed that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, there you go. That that means that they were not credit. I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't can't don't have a credible news source or link to it. But I've heard through something I was reading this morning that they have spoke to ABC, ABC and Fox, and they've taken that pressure off them. Yeah, it's all, it's all right. They, they wouldn't have the credit. It's all right, Alex. Most of journalists in wrestling don't have credible <laughs> sources anyway, eh, Gary. That's true. <laughs> 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 uh, right, let, let's. Um, I mean, we're going to get into it in Fantasy Booking Island later on, where we're going to, myself and Alex, are going to Fantasy Book one of the Roy stars. Let's just go through some of the people. And, you know, our, obviously our hearts are out there. When you saw that Drake Maverick video, God, your heart, your heart broke. I'm, I'm assuming everyone's seen Drake Maverick bursting into tears uh, yep. when, he, when he lost the job. Yep. I mean, for guys like him who, this was the dream, you know, this was the dream. I don't know why, though. I've just been so down the river so many times by WWE. I sometimes think, was that a work from Drake Maverick? And he's going to win this cruiserweight championship coming up. And I think that would be a great story. Sensitive, to be honest. Like, I would be very insensitive. It would be, I think it would be completely Man. insensitive, but I don't know. Um, you've seen it happen before. But um, yeah, I mean, fingers crossed he does save his job. But let's, let's just run through some of the names and just think, give you shout me where you think you'll end up. Well, right, Drake Maverick, Alex. Would he, he would probably get booked in AEW, would he not? Maybe he might even go back to Impact? Gary? I would love to see him stay in WWE, um, and I think that might be the option, even if he went to NXT UK. Um, but I think, if not, Impact is probably the place for him because he made his name there, and I, I think he, he fits there. 
Gowers and Anderson, assuming they go as a package. New Japan. New Japan. Potentially, they'll even maybe start an old and not restart the Bullet Club Civil War, or they'll do something there when you can come back. All right. Anderson already uh, put out a wee video um, saying it had like Santa Monica and then it faded into, I think it was Tokyo, Japan, and kind of teasing bringing back the machine gun name. So, right. Okay. Uh, EC3. Impact. I'd like to I'd like to see AEW give them a chance, but I don't think they will. I They've think got MJF. They've got MJF. They yeah, don't need EC3 for a main event run as well. Like there'd be no point taking EC3 and dumping him into the mid card in AEW when he could easily main event Impact. I think Impact or um, I think it might actually even be a shout for. I don't know if any are familiar with MLW, but that's where uh, MJF yeah. made his name and obviously yeah. competes less. So I think it'd be a good fit for them or Impact. The man that's behind you, Gary Rowan. Where do we think? Do you think he's I think he could go to AEW, chuck him in the dark order. Get him in there. Why do you, not? Do you, do you think they would put, I guess, putting him, I mean, he's the relationship. There's enough of the relationship there and, to do it. Considering yeah. how much WWE kept them together, I think it would logically make sense. And yeah, I wouldn't be against that, actually. Yeah, and uh, let's finally just look at Rusev. Where do we think Rusev will end up? I reckon he'll be straight to AEW. Probably high I'd hope. I would really like to see him go to Hollywood and just make films because I think he's just entertaining as a person. <laughs> um, and obviously he's done a, a few films, but I, I anywhere he goes, he'll be a star anyway. I, I don't really want him to go to, this is going to sound bad, I don't want him to go to AEW straight away. Um, I would quite like to see him do the, the Cody Rhodes thing and, or, or the Drew McIntyre thing maybe. Yeah. And go a few different places first and kind of make his name. I, I just think he's the kind of person that will be a star with everybody. The, the, the thing I is, think, he, I think you could put him in the G1. Fucking, I think I, he would actually do well in Japan. He'd suit that style and he's the kind of big mobile guy that they like to book in Japan. I could see him doing that as well. Give me Rusev versus F. Cobb anywhere and I will watch that and be very happy. That, that was, yeah, that's, that's like a match made in heaven. Aye. Uh, right, so we're going to be talking a bit more about that on Fantasy Booking Island today as myself and Alex will be picking one of the wrestlers to book. We'll also have your buddy and putovers from this week's shows uh, and we'll have the news as always with Gary. But first of all, let's hand him the mic as he cuts a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right, Gary, go for it. So, obviously, I've, I've kind of spoken about why WWE had to release people um and uh, again this is a kind of it's less a promo you know a lot of promos are, are mainly about anger at certain things this isn't really really anger it's a weird kind of poignant sadness um so hopefully it doesn't sound too much too much like weird poetry or, or like kind of spoken word stuff um, but i think i had to go with the releases this week um you know i get it uh is a business they're a corporation they, they need to let go of people um if, if they need to either maintain profits make savings do some kind of thing they're a business i'm no business minded so i'm not gonna you know be like you need to keep these people hired just for the sake of them being in a job um, and for many of them i believe it will be you know an opportunity for them much like it was for people like drew mcintyre but in saying that a few of them left me feeling you know a wee bit I don't know. I, I, there's not even a word for for how i felt with a few of them we mentioned drake maverick when I, when I seen that, I was like, man, I just feel so bad for that guy. Considering the fact, I don't want to say they've done him wrong, but, they, you know, it just got to say that he'd, he was going to come back, he was going to compete, he got announced for a tournament, and then two seconds later, boom, your job's gone. Um, that doesn't sit right for me. Um, but <laughs> the other ones, 
and this is that this is where I, I say the wee bit of anger comes in and and you know I just don't think it's right at all. People like Sarah Logan, people like No Way Jose, people like Mike Canellis, uh, people like Kurt Hawkins. <sighs> you know, you you can say they've not been used a lot on TV recently, so maybe you would in quotations cut the dead wood or something like that. But if you're saying that, why would WWE bring them to television in the midst of a pandemic? Like, it doesn't sit right that you make them go to work, or not make them, because I don't think they forced them, but you book people for a show. No Way Jose had kind of, he'd recorded, you know, his journey via social media, doing photos and stuff, you know, walking about, wearing a mask, all this, all this stuff where it's like, he's having to travel, having to get on a flight, having to go and having to work, and then two days later, he's lost his job. Same as Sarah Logan. The other one, the one that I want to focus on with that, Kurt Hawkins. So not only did he have to do that, do all that stuff, essentially get punished for being a good employee, you know, going there, doing his travel work, getting there simply to lose a match really, really quickly. I know he's been getting paid for it. You'll say it's his job and stuff like that, but getting, you know, getting brought out from their home in a pandemic to go to a show, lose, two days later, they've lost their job. It doesn't sit right, but more so with Kurt Hawkins. I don't know if anybody's seen it, but his wife put up a blog post. His wife is 30 weeks pregnant. And, you know, to, to lose your job for anybody, I'm, I don't want to, you know, pick him out because losing your job for anybody is obviously a devastating thing. But his wife's blog post for me, I was just like, oh man, I'm heartbroken reading that because she's saying about how on the Monday, she was very worried about her husband leaving her home to go out during, you know, I keep saying the pandemic, but that's what it is. Go out, risk his health, risk, you know, her health, risk the livelihoods, uh, risk everything, essentially, um, to go and do the job uh, in more ways than one, um, get beat, come home, and then two days later, he's lost his job and has to look elsewhere. But the 90-day compete clause means that he's doing nothing for 90 days. It just, I just thought it was heartbreaking. Um, so while I understand the decisions behind it, and I don't really want to bury corporate decisions that I don't have enough information about to be like, oh, you should have just kept them, you should have just kept them. I feel like you, you need to you know, feel for the people that are involved for a start, but also there's a wee bit of anger and a wee bit of sadness there for people like Drake Maverick, like Sarah Logan, that, and especially for Kurt Hawkins his wife is pregnant and obviously Mike Canellis, his wife is pregnant as well or has just had a kid sorry um, you need to feel a bit for them and obviously there's a wee bit of anger there that the fact that you know they need to go out there and find a job because that's something that in this current climate I think anybody that's in that situation is in a horrible situation and anybody knowing that situation has felt it in some way and will be tinged with a wee bit of anger and sadness about that decision. Yeah, here, mate. And, uh, you know, a lot of people out here and maybe a lot of people that listen to this show are, are in that situation as well. So, listen, there was only one way the promo was going to go this week and it was absolutely the right way. So, thanks for that, Gary. Cheers. So, at Wrestling Daft, we've set up our own Patreon service. Now, if you don't know what Patreon is, it's a service where basically you subscribe, choose how much you want to subscribe for, and we offer you extra content in return. 
Now, we've got a couple of tiers set up, which you can see at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. That's patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Tier one is a cruiserweight champion, about $4 a month, about £3. You get patron-only chat community, ad-free versions of the episodes, a full unedited version of the flagship show. You'll get bonus content from all the wrestling shows, and you get to vote on what you'd like to see feature in the list of wrestling daft with Rab and Gradle on a Friday, as well as getting a video version of this very programme. Obviously, you get to see lovely Alex's face, who's sitting in front of Rusev at the moment, and you get to see Gary's lovely bearded face as well, sitting in front of Rowan. And John's uh, made us put backgrounds on since he's too cheap to go and buy a Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon poster to join this gang. <laughs> Tier 2, Intercontinental Champion, uh, that's $10 a month, about £7 odd. Uh, you get a video version of Rab and Grado in all their glory. Um, and also you'll get a bonus episode once a month, which might be this month actually interesting. I think we're going to do one on wrestling computer games. So that that should be a good one. Um, tier three no, is... mercy. No, no, mercy. Sorry. <laughs> uh, tier three, World Heavyweight Champion is about $20 a month to get everything in the previous tiers, as well as free tickets for live events when we get them up and running once this horrible virus is out of the way, and a free wrestling daft t-shirt of your choice if you signed up for a minimum of three months plus you get the chance to be a mark on this very show as we'll find out in a minute when our mark of the week poll comes on to talk about smackdown so get involved right now and you'll get us on patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft so it's time to wander on to bury or put over it's the point in the show where we look back at the week's TV shows and we basically bury and put over what we like and, and don't like from it. Um, as ever, uh, I'll do NXT, Alex will do AEW, Gary gets, takes on Raw and we then dish it out to, it's like the scraps off the table really, you know, we, we take the scraps off the table and we look for the dog and then we find one of our listeners to do Smackdown. So, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we're going to welcome Paul. Uh, you might know him better from the show if you if you listen to the show. He's a regular correspondent on the show. It's Bronze Chell. Hi, Paul. Bronze Chell. What are we going with today? Either or, I'm happy with. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go with your, uh, your name, Paul. So, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for taking Smackdown off our hands. It means Gary doesn't have to watch it or Alex doesn't have to watch it. I was never <laughs> going to watch it. Um <laughs> What can you give us your wrestling qualification? What makes you a mark? Um, my first WrestleMania I ever watched was WrestleMania six, so I've been a fan for about thirty years. And my first WWF event I went to was SummerSlam at Wembley. So oh wow <laughs> wow that yeah you're you're through the door with that alone. That must have been incredible. What age were you when you went to see that? I was I was just about to turn eight. It was the week before my eighth birthday. So do you have any recollections from it? I can remember pretty much the whole thing and um, just like the response of the Ultimate Warrior like coming out was, oh, was something else and then yeah. when Bulldog got the belt it was just oh, never oh. heard anything like it. I would be, <laughs> I listen, that, that, that is the dream. I mean fingers crossed that one day a, a pay-per-view will return to the UK because I think we'd all be there you know and they would certainly say oh at a stadium not a problem at all I think. Oh easily yeah. Yeah yeah. So that'll that, year anniversary. All right, got, there's the journal piping up there. So uh, he's obviously had a <laughs> nod on that. Uh, so fantastic credentials there, Paul. Um, 
So let's kick off from last Wednesday then, and let's head over, first of all, to the world of AEW and our AEW mark, Alex. Well, I'm going to actually do something crazy again, and I'm going to have to straight up bury Chris Jericho for one reason. One reason. The man cannot fry an egg. (laughs) What the hell was that? Right, so I think we have to start a petition. John, you need to get Grado involved because none of us have the Twitter strength to do this. Have any of you seen Gordon Ramsay's new YouTube show, Scrambled? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so he takes around the bell is on it. The bells have been on it. Ronda Rousey's been Ronda. on it. So we need to get hashtag Scramble Jericho trending on Twitter and get Jericho on Gordon Ramsay's Twitter show to teach him how to fry an egg. Hey, so explain to me, I have not no, seen No, no, no. What happened? Gordon Ramsay at the window, get him on uh, David Blaze's. <laughs> nightmares? Yeah. Uh, that's good <laughs> enough. He just needs to go on some kind of YouTube-based cooking show and learn how to fry an egg. So, John, for context, they did uh, the Bubbly Bunch, which was a take oh, on the Great oh, Bunch. Yeah, I saw, I saw the T-shirt, yeah. yeah. So, so, basically, Jericho was in his kitchen, and he just, it was pathetic. I've never seen a worse fried egg in all my life. And while we're talking about the Bubbly Bunch, I do have to quickly put over Santana, because he was wearing a pair of Zubaz, which are now, like, apparently the official merch of this podcast, so... <laughs> I'm wearing mine right now. Are you? Hopefully Go mine on, will be show, here tomorrow. Yep. Right, show them off to the camera, please, Gary. Let's see the Zubaz. Nice. Oh, look nice. at this. Nice. <laughs> nice, oh, nice. The envy is running through me right now. The envy is running through we're all, we're all in Zubas next week. Uh, so that's your first buddy on based on fried eggs. What's your second buddy, my friend? The main event. I, I'm probably going to get some hate for this, but I did not enjoy that main event for a multitude of reasons, unfortunately. The first one is, because it was an empty arena match, it was obvious that they filmed it when they were in the South Park Arena, which is in Jacksonville, I believe, before they've started recording in their little underground football pitch that they've been recording in the last couple of weeks so it must have been recorded like three weeks ago so that immediately made me think it was old and took a lot of my interest away from it i think there's going to be a lot of comparisons to gargano versus champa and it was just nowhere near as good and uh, there's just a lot of silly spots like the first five minutes was moxley out wrestling hager which just seems a bit stupid it didn't really do much with the whole empty arena concept to make it worth the whole point of the match and the finish was pretty poor and to top it all off JR on solo commentary oh it was painful it was painful it just felt like he was practicing it shouldn't have been broadcast I just did not no love for that no love for that yeah like I kind of feel bad for them leaving JR out there on a limb by himself like I mean they could have they could have done some kind of Skype commentary or something but mm, it just it just felt really empty and really weak Mm. Which is a bit of a shame when there's been so much good pre-produced wrestling over the last couple of weeks. That's true. You must have been loving lots from the show because you always find lots to love on a year. Well, there's Alex. plenty. There's plenty. The big highlight this week has to have been big old Sammy Guevara. I thought he's he just came out and just looked like an absolute star. Like he talked like a star. He looked like a star. I'm glad they kind of paid off that Pistol Pete. Sorry, the Pineapple Pete storyline from last week because him and they did a little bit at the front. And I think Shug Dees, he's a local UK wrestler as well. So credit to them for getting another UK boy across and getting him in the door, especially in kind of weird times like this. And the other thing I have to put them over for is listening to me and giving Sean Spears a win to make up for last week. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I, I saw that. Oh, I got off some total nobody. I d- yeah, it was a total nobody. It was. It, it was looked totally out of shape. This guy as well that they put on the squash match. He looked like he was carrying like a fair bit of timber. You're like a big blinking belly. 
it was the same as Shadi. Like I was just sitting there watching with my flatmate, like, mate, we're we're almost like in as good shape as these wrestlers. Like it's, <laughs> it just feels a bit wrong, you know. It gives you that kind of motivation that you can do this. Well, I'm telling you, I'm going to come out of self isolation, look like a wrestler, man. That's what I'm. I'm going to, I'm on the old uh, Sean T. Blinking, what's it? Yeah, insanity thing. By the way, I'm going to be like, out coming out of this self isolation like Finn Balor, ready for a run in ICW. I'll tell you. Have you been doing like isolation squat training? Oh yeah, all over that, all over that. Well, I'm glad someone's working very hard at home there, John, and not taking <laughs> the doing all these exercises instead. Uh, what was your match of the night, mate? Oh, it's a tough one, but I kind of always quite like good old uh, anything to do with the best friends. I quite enjoyed the Trent, the Trent Ewoks, Trent, sorry, the Chuck Taylor, the Chuck Taylor match early on. I couldn't even remember who he was against. I did a John. Oh, I know. <laughs> I feel, well, that's why I've written down all the matches this week because usually I'll forget them all. All right, uh, mate, I'll move on to NXT then from last Wednesday. Let's just get a couple of putovers. I'm writing to themes at the moment and in fact uh, on the list of wrestling daft this week it's more than likely that it's going to be the best wrestling teams in the current business and i don't think you can look beyond imperium's theme i'm just going to pull over imperium's theme because you hear that and you just think yes here come some heels here come some badass big guys to kick ass uh, and well, you've just got it's amazing would be too happy that you think his music makes you think of heels automatically it's back isn't it yeah hi Aye, as back, aye. It is, that, it is. Future number nine or something like that. Back when uh, it was on NXT UK and it was uh, Imperium versus Gallus, I was just like, man, I'm happy anyway because both theme tunes are incredible. So it was just like, yeah. happy before any matches stop. Yeah, but we're on themes. I've got to put over Tazawa's theme as well. I've never noticed it before. It's an absolute belter. Tazawa's theme. <laughs> so um, putting over themes from NXT, um, Imperium, like I say, where Balor was fighting Artner and um, Tazawa was, was in a match against Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, let's continue uh, putting over things. They showed a package from Charlotte Flair, you know, obviously building up the fact she's coming back to NXT. You've got to hand the lassie some credit here, by the way. See, when you put that video package and her career into perspective, Wow. I mean, she, she, for me, is, and I don't think there'll be many arguments on this group, is, is the best of all time. Oh, completely. Female yeah. performer. Thanks. When you see it all put together like that, you just think, wow. And do you know what? A lot of people are going to get the rub off her um, down in NXT. And it was great to see that Mia, Mia Yim is, uh, been, is what kind of her first opponent. I'm a big fan of Mia, as you guys know. And it's great to see that she's going to get a bit of the rub off that. And hopefully that'll boost her up, um, or it might end up in her getting squashed. But we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see <laughs> that. They're saving the squash for Shotzi, for Shotzi just to watch that tear drip down your ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put over Charlotte, and I'm really looking forward to her, her on NXT. A lot of good things in the show. We obviously had the debut of Thatcher as well, um, and we had a big attack on Champa at the end, which is presumably uh, Killer Cross. Um, so a lot of good things kind of come. No, no, no. Carrion Cross. Carrying no, cross, it's sorry. Carrying cross. <laughs> oh my god. WWE. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we're really looking forward to it. Let's go to the buddies though. Um they keep showing these videos of Adam Cole, right? Who's just clearly has pre-recorded all these videos and just moved around his house. Like so this week he was sitting in what looked like a greenhouse, then last week he was sitting out by the pool, then in his living room. It's like, come on, guys, we all know what's going on in the world here. 
Adam Cole is clearly in self-isolation here. But let's just have him move around the house. Because he was booked, he was meant to be turned up to, to face the Elvateen Dream this week and then didn't turn up. And it's just like, oh, for goodness sake. So, so yeah, Adam Cole uh, walk, running around his house in self-isolation. I'm going to bury that. And I'm also going to bury... Um, why Tazawa is still involved in tournaments and cruiserweight kind of things. He's a brilliant worker. He's, I would say, you know, and this is not because he's Japanese. It's he's the modern day Funaki. He makes everyone look great, you know. And he's been putting it. He's obviously put in this tournament. It was good to see him get a win there uh, on NXT. But he's like, you want to, see, you want to see him do something more because he's a great, great worker. I guess. I, the language barrier or whatever happens is why he's not being elevated further. But it was also great on the when WWE done that 24 7 championship thing in New York, I believe it was, and they had uh, Tazawa and Artruth and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, that was that, that was, was I, really entertaining. So, stuff. Let, let's put over Tazawa. I mean, there was obviously, like I say, bigger things as a show with that should debut and, and uh, the kind of Tack and Champa, but yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought. You know, um, really, really good. I'd have to bury as well. Let's just put bury over the. And the thing is, it's hard to bury, but I'm going to bury it. Is the introduction uh, Timothy Thatcher onto NXT because you know he was introduced as uh, Matt Riddle's tag partner, and then is now a tag team champion from from coming out of nowhere. You know, he's it looks like a monster, but you just think there's better ways to probably have debuted him, but. Obviously, the current circumstances and hasn't led to that. Uh, match of the night for me, uh, do you know what? I'm going to go for Dexter Loomis versus Duty Miles. I, yep, I agreed. <laughs> How far do you think the serial killer gimmick can go in modern day WWE? I don't know, but I don't know. If, I mean, he's got the look of this kind of serial killer, and I don't think, the you know, obviously, that's going to be the gimmick, but. Considering they changed Killer Cross's name, as it I just well, mentioned, exactly. Uh, but I, I, th- I think they can do some stuff with it because, especially yeah. with like back, backstage looking package, like this, that the stuff he's been doing is amazing as well. I think he's just got an amazing look, and I think it's weird. I don't know if any of you has watched him. I think he was called Samuel Shaw in TNA. Was yeah. that something mm-hmm. that's and but like it, it was it was always okay, but it was just like nothing really stood out for me about him character wise. And I'm like, man, it seems like this character just works for him. Yeah. I think I'm, he's one of the characters I'm the most invested in with NXT, isn't he? Absolutely. Just sat and stared. I think it was the, the tag match. Just sat and stared at the people and thought, that's brilliant. So, yeah, I'll put, put over that match. Let's move on to our Mark and Paul. You had smacked him to do, my friend. So, fire away. It was actually quite a good show. Um, it started with a little graphic for Howard Finkel, which I thought was a nice touch. And then later on, they had a really good video package for him and um, you know always good by the production team and um, I'd like to put over um, the Sonia and Mandy segment and um, basically Sonia called Mandy uh, created in the lab Barbie doll and then it all kicked off and um, Dolph then came out asked Mandy about her feelings and he was wearing a Hawkins and Ryder shirt just after they'd been released which nice. I thought was cool nice. <laughs> um, and then Otis obviously came out and all kicked off. So I'm guessing there's going to be a mixed target money in the bank just because um, Otis cleaned house and hit the caterpillar, which was 
you know, <laughs> a bit of a predictable ending, but I'm looking forward to see where it goes next. Um, it's one of the better storylines they've got going on at the minute. The fans seem to be yeah. into it from what I've been reading. So, and I'm enjoying it. So, yeah. thing. I thought that was a proper breakout performance for Sonia Deville. Like that, yeah. I think she's been underrated for a long time. She's brilliant in the ring, but I've mm-hmm. never really noticed how good she is at talking. And that promo, I was like, right, I'm sold on this completely. Yeah, 100%. And then I'd also like to put over Jey Uso, The Miz and The Big E also for cutting great promos before the main event. And they put on a great match. And uh, Big E won the tag titles for the New Day again. That was a really good match. Oh, God, I didn't realize the titles had switched back. <laughs> yep. Jesus. I'm I so aware of it. Back. I didn't want to say I actually went back and watched that, so technically I did watch some of SmackDown because I heard it was that good. Also, really? Big E was wearing a Fink uh, armband, uh, a, a wee tribute as well, and that takes the New Day to one away from the Dudley Boys' record of holding the tag team titles. That'll so happen what, sooner. Go, ah, you've got, got to put a bet on that happening, haven't you? <laughs> I, th- I think they'll do that and then they'll split them after that, probably. They'll get to the, the, the either beating or, or equaling the Dudleys and then they'll split them after that, do you think? I think so. Ah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Although I'm still waiting on The Miz to beat the Chris Jericho one. I've been, I thought that was going so you never know. That's right. And what are you burying, um, Paul? Um, so I'd like to bury Elias and Corbin fighting at Performance Centre Tuck Shop. Um, <laughs> they've had some rave reviews um, doing things that's away from the normal at the minute and to me it, it was just same old they could have done something different like you know having one of them turn up at each other's house or you know out in public fighting over toilet roll or something with the current <laughs> climate you know like make it a bit more fun but it just seems to be the same old same old yeah um, the other thing as well that I want to bury is the playing of the clips from the Jeff Hardy 24-7 documentary and specifically the ones about the arrests and the drugs from last week because they're not doing themselves any favours and it doesn't paint him in a very good light, especially if they want him to be coming back. And I'm going to guess as well that once his contract's up, he's probably going to go to AEW with Matt anyway. So... I'm hoping that he's going to come back and basically Seamus is just going to destroy him because that's the way that it looks like it's going to go. (laughs) Do do you think, though, they would do a 24-7 documentary if they felt he was on on the way out? I think they already recorded it before uh, before they knew Matt was gone. (laughs) (laughs) And I think he got arrested after the documentary went out. He got arrested again. Right, okay. So that's... yeah, it's an inter- It's always been an interesting one with Jeff. Obviously, he's a great performer in the ring, but out the ring, he's a clear liability for uh, the company. Yeah. You know? Why does no one ever turn him? Apart from that one time in TNA, but I mean, let's not talk about that period of TNA. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm guessing your match tonight would have been the, the tag match then, is it? For the it wasn't, actually. Oh, it was really? the one in the bank qualifier between Cesaro and Daniel Bryan. Oh, I really enjoyed that match. And um, before the match kicked off, they had the, the Truth promo again with the hacker. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see where this is going. There's been a lot of fake videos online and stuff. Some guy claiming it's him. I'm going to guess that it's probably... I'll, 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 I'll not even guess. I'm, I'm just looking forward to see where it goes, to be honest. Hopefully more at Money in the Bank. We'll, we'll find out. 
It's going to be like the general manager. You'll never find out who it is. Yeah. <laughs> computer general manager. Cool. Uh, nice one. Um, let's move over then to, to Raw and um, get your thoughts on Raw, Gary. So I'm going to start with the biddies as I normally do. And there's only one thing I can bury. Paul just spoke about uh, the Elias Corbin thing, you know, when WWE try and be different. They, they do get it right a lot of the time. <sighs> Viking Raiders. They had them doing a carpool karaoke type thing. Oh, with, God. Uh, yeah. I, wait, I, I always forget what one's what. I think it was Ivar, I think it's the one that used to be Warbeard Hansen, holding a, like a larger-than-life chicken drumstick, eating it in the car, and them kind of singing along and, and like chanting and doing a, a weird kind of half-song, half. Oh, it was terrible. Um, so I put out on Twitter saying, like, I, I didn't hate it as much as I think I should have. But that doesn't mean I didn't hate it. I, I did still hate it. Um, it was absolutely terrible. I, I, I don't know what they're doing with them. Um, I think they started off with them really well, but they've done that thing where they booked themselves into a corner. We're having them way too dominant that they obviously had to lose at some point, and then now they're kind of stuck not knowing what to do with them. I don't think this is the thing to do. I was like, it'd have been better if they stuck them in like a longboat and done it and stuck with the Viking thing. But they were wearing their Viking headgear while doing this real chant. And it seems like they've tried to do like they've tried to make them like half heavy machinery, half Miz and Morrison, and it's just it doesn't work. Um, I'll be interested to see if they keep going with because it, it has been properly panned online. So I think that's one of the the less controversial things I'll be saying on this podcast. Yeah, um, other, for the Raiders, one of them lost their wife as well. So aye, nice exactly. Well, yeah. we'll get into that. There's a wee bit of weirdness about that one as well. Um, but I've not put that in my biddies because we'll talk about that later. And uh, uh, then in the news. Right, and there's another thing that I could easily bury the Nia Jax spot, but I know we're going to talk about that, and I don't really like burying spots. I've done it a couple of weeks ago with the Montez Ford landing on his head thing, so that's out the window. I never do this, so I'm going to break uh, tradition, and I'm going to moan about a booking decision. I never, ever do it, because I'm like, we'll see where it goes. But I really think Murphy should have beat Rey Mysterio for the, and to be in the Money in the Bank match. Yeah. I think that yeah. a, it was a good match. It was a really good match. But I just, like, I'm never going to complain about Rey Mysterio being, like, pushed in any way because he's amazing. He's a legend. But I think you could have put Murphy over here and it would have been, you know, maybe they'd had a problem with it. I can see why they want Rey in the Money in the Bank match. You know, he's a brilliant competitor and he is quite a big draw for casual fans. But I just wish they'd have pulled, pulled the trigger on Murphy. And obviously, I don't want Drew McIntyre to win the title. Sorry, to drop the title anytime soon. But I think if you had had Murphy win the Money in the Bank and either cash it in on Seth Rollins or be the person that stops Seth Rollins from beating Drew McIntyre, that would have been a nice wee way to go. But we'll see where it goes. I just wish they'd put over Murphy. Um, so speaking of putovers, um, because I'm not John, I'm not going to put over Tozawa, even though he was on Raw this week, and we got Aww. to hear the scene tune. Um, but it, it was nice anyway, and I did get to, it was the first time since you'd mentioned it that I got to hear the theme tune. I was like, aye, aye, that's, that's like quite a good He's all over the place, um, my boy, Tozawa. This one now goes into the honourable mentions category, because I feel like I'm mentioning him every week. So he isn't one of my official putovers, but I need to mention him anyway. I would have no problem with Raw starting every week with Drew McIntyre walking to the ring and just cutting a promo to the camera. Um, yet again, just walked out comfortable as you like, was just talking to the crowd. And I just felt like, oh, not the crowd, the audience, sorry, everybody behind the camera watching on TV. And it was just brilliant. Uh, I just think the guy is a star. Like, 
there's there's things I always like to try and think like how can I like doubt somebody or like if somebody's not doing well, how can I like what what could they do well? I think Drew Mac- I know I'm biased, but I think Drew McIntyre's doing everything right. He's just amazing in the ring. He's having brilliant matches. Obviously, the competitors are a big thing to do with that as well. But the promos are just amazing. Um, so without rambling anywhere about Drew McIntyre, because he is, he is just an honourable mention, one person I need to put over is Zelina Vega. I think she's becoming like one of WWE's most valuable assets. She's been featured heavily on Raw, so she is getting the platform to do stuff. But even last night, I was like paying a wee bit extra close attention because she was, um, obviously, she is managing a stable that's got uh, Andrade Garza and Austin Theory. Austin Theory was up against her real-life husband, Alistair Black, and she was on commentary and then went and cut a promo on Alistair Black. And I just thought she was brilliant. I I think, like, as much as I'm against, like, general manager stuff and authority figures, I think she would be amazing as a general manager for Raw. So I'm putting over Zelina Vega. And the second thing I'm putting over is just WWE. Um, I know that's something that won't go down very well. And uh, when I cut my promo a wee bit later, it's going to be a wee bit against them. So I feel like I should put them over um, because they're giving us not just a lot of original content. I know there's a, a lot of you know controversy about whether they should be allowed to give us that live content. But the past few weeks on Raw and last night kind of highlighted it for me. We're getting a lot of matches now. And... You know, wrestling shows, when it's a three-hour-long wrestling show, you would expect to see matches, but we've not seen that for the majority of the last few years. It's always been very promo-heavy, and I don't really mind seeing a lot of promos, but the fact we're seeing a lot of matches, and those matches are very meaningful as well. Like, it's not just throwaway stuff. It's good to see. So I'm just I'm putting them over for giving us matches, as simple as that is. <laughs> and the match tonight for you, Gary? So again, this was something I was very tempted to just put over this match because it was so good. And I, like I've mentioned, there was a lot of matches on Raw and we did see like amazing matches like uh, Rey Mysterio and Murphy. But the match I need to put over was Liv Morgan versus Ruby Riot. It was brilliant. Like I, I always say like matches don't need to be long as long as like you tell the story that needs to be told in the match. I think this one was under 10 minutes. I think it was maybe probably closer to five, probably at six, seven minutes. I didn't set the timer or anything. But literally for the moment, Liv Morgan walked to the ring and Ruby Riot walked to the ring. Their facial expressions were incredible. They told the story perfectly before they'd even like locked up. Everything was brilliant about the match. They had amazing chemistry. And I hadn't, I've watched a lot of Liv Morgan recently, but I hadn't noticed how good her finishing move is when it's like taken by somebody that knows how to take it. So it's like um, the person runs off the ropes and Morgan runs and jumps and sits on the ropes and grabs them and does a flatliner. And pff, it was just brilliant. Uh, it was like a five, five six-minute match probably. And it done everything I had today. It showcased both of them perfectly. And I just think it was incredible. And it was actually so good I watched it twice. So. <laughs> wow. Well, listen, that's it for the buddies or put-overs. Mike, thanks very much for uh, Paul. Thanks for coming on and doing Smackdowns for us, mate. Thank you for having me. Um, and remember, if you want to buddy and put over anything from the week's shows or anything you've seen in pro wrestling, just get us on Twitter at Wrestling Daft, Insta at Wrestling Daft Podcast, and just Wrestling Daft on Facebook. And Rab and Gradle will have them for you coming this Friday at 3.16. It's the wrestling news. Dun dun dun.
with Gary Cassidy. We need a new, we need a new jingle. It's a good jingle. New jingle and it's a good, I, I enjoy the jingle. <laughs> it's a good jingle. Uh, Gary, you've got some news from us. What has been going on in the crazy world of wrestling apart from all these horrible releases? Well, we've been saying it's been a slow news week every week for a, I've lost count how many weeks now, but this week, not only was there the releases, obviously there's been a lot of news about um, WWE continuing to make shows as well. Um, as far as we knew, they were going to be doing it live every week, met with a lot of criticism, of course, in this current um, unprecedented circumstance we're in. Um, but now it seems like there's been some sort of compromise reached uh, and this, I believe, was reported by Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling Sheet first. I think it was him. Um, but he essentially laid out the full schedule. Uh, I'll not run through it because it was very, very lengthy. Uh, but essentially what is going to be happening is there's going to be some live shows, but there's going to be quite a lot of content recorded as well around those live shows. And there's going to be periods of time, like I think it's uh, specific, like, one Monday and one Friday where there's going to be at least two or three episodes taped in full. Uh, this is essentially to maintain the safety of the wrestlers and the other crew that are involved. I think that's something everybody can appreciate no matter what your opinion is on whether they should be running the shows or not. At least they are putting some kind of measures in place. Um, but that is getting amended and amended and amended. Um, so we'll see how, <laughs> how, how far we get with this one. But they are recording in blocks thus far. Um, it's believed that Vince McMahon made the call to resume live shows, essentially so that they didn't need to default the TV deals, which was something we spoke about earlier, uh, that if there wasn't an agreement reached, would have incurred you know, credits, uh, essentially. And they're normally quite hefty because, as you'd imagine, there's a bigger demand when it's a live show as regards to a pre-recorded show because people don't want to miss what's happening live. If it's pre-recorded, there's all sorts of ways to, to kind of find out what's happening um, but that is reported by everybody's favourite journalist, Dave Meltzer, um, is not going to be an issue. <laughs> uh, so he's reporting that um, essentially WWE does need to do a certain amount of live shows right now. Uh, that's going to be a, a kind of way forward for them to, to go and do live and pre-recorded shows as a mixture. And there will be any, any you know, unforeseen or not unforeseen circumstances. There's not going to be any kind of backlash for them doing pre-recorded right. shows. So I will still be getting wrestling content, which is good for us because it means we can keep talking about wrestling. It means we still have a podcast. That's always a good thing to do. To do. Um, now, Nia Jax uh, is making headlines for all the wrong reasons, it appears. Yeah. And people are surprised about that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't think I've uh, made a secret. I'm, I'm actually quite a big fan of Nia Jax. Uh, I know that's Ooh. a controversial thing to say. Biased journalism. Biased journalism. <laughs> No, well, it is biased. Uh, it's because um, when have she you met her, it, Gary? Have you met her? No, no. Oh, no. Right. But but I've got a, a slight name drop anyway. Even though I've not met her. Um, I was sitting in a pub last year, um, and I got a wee tag on Twitter uh, for someone that had tagged me on a video that got put up by Total Divas, and it was the trailer for Nia Jax's return. And, and my article was in there about her punching Becky Lynch in the face and uh, obviously everything that happened after that. So I'm quite partial to Nia Jax just because her trailer meant that I was on a, an official trailer for Total Divas. <laughs> a story about her. Um, so one of my buddies from Raw was going to be the Nia Jax spot in which she hurt Kairi Sane. I, I've always said I don't like burying spots. Um, so we, we can talk about it in the news. That makes my life easier. Essentially, Nia Jax has now used 
that spot, um, which I quite like this. I'm not going to lie, I quite like this. Um, so obviously it happened. Can I take back what's happened? It was a bit of a botch. It was pretty horrible for everybody to watch when they were watching it. Um, but Nia Jax has used it. She's tweeted out the botch. Uh, and I'll get her exact words here. Um, since Kyrie Sane, who she tagged her Twitter account, can't do anything about it, maybe at Ronda Rousey would like to try hashtag Simone for real. Um, and the nice we added bit to this is uh, we were obviously talking about Ronda Rousey last week quite a bit, whether her comments uh, about fake fighting uh, were a work or a shoot. She's going to be on WWE's The Bump this week. Um, I don't think Nia Jax is on there, but Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair are all on there. So I'm sure we'll have well, news. That's not combustible at all. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get a response in some way because I'm pretty sure whoever is on that show will be asking about Nia Jax's comments. Yeah. So it'll keep us going for another week with the news. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Definitely, there's too much to talk around Rousey. I mean, it's clearly getting built up for her to come back, which is good. I quite like the build, I have to say. Perhaps off because we're all preamble on Scrambled, so you just need Jericho on Scrambled as well now. But <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, it's... Gordon Ramsay YouTube, that's the new wrestling pre show. <laughs> I have to say, it's, you know, the build, you don't know if it's a shooter or work, so it's got us all talking, so there you are. And finally, um, WWE, we're planning to go to Japan. It doesn't look like it's happening, does it? Mm, we'll see. Um, I think it's closer to the no right now, but obviously it's, it's changed to a no quite quickly, so it could change back to a yes, depending on what happens. Uh, our favourite world, unprecedented circumstances, unprecedented um, you know, times, has meant that this may be called off. Um, weirdly, so I don't know how public this is. I had a wee bit of, you know, a, a wee bit of discussion on this before, a wee bit of information about this. It wasn't only Japan that they were going to ex- expand into. Um, there was a lot of discussions about them expanding into India and having an Indian performance centre. Um, I've not heard anything on globalization or something they were calling yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, again, it'd been rumored for a bit. Um, I'd obviously kind of heard a wee bit about it just because the, the website I write for is Indian. Um, so that, that kind of helps. Uh, but yes, yeah, so they were meant to be expanding into Japan and India. Triple H asked about it back in January uh, when I was in the, you know, the conference thing as well. The first question was about the expansion. Uh, and it did seem like it was still going ahead at that time, but it seemed like it was quite, you know, slow progress. You'd imagine this kind of thing is um, building a performance centre, building a roster is always going to be a, a kind of slow process. Um, NXT UK was in the pipeline for eight years before it was actually turned into a thing. Um, so we never know this one, but as far as we know um, right now, you know, it's, it's kind of on hold. Um, this was a way back last year. And it was apparently WWE had tried to purchase uh, Pro Wrestling Noah, which I've, I've not got my figures, but I believe Pro Wrestling Noah is the second biggest uh, promotion in Japan. I'm not sure if, if that is accurate. I'm sure it's the second. Yeah, you'd, argue, you'd argue that Dragon Gate's maybe? Dragon bigger? Gate, maybe, but, yeah. I mean, up it's, there. It's, it's, it's kind of like half and Tough half. One. I mean, it's pretty close. Aye. Um, obviously, that was unsuccessful, uh, that, that bid attempt. But there had been a wee relationship there between uh, WWE and All Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I'm going to try and pronounce the name, but I'm going to get it very wrong. Uh, Jun Akiyama. Uh, hopefully that people can understand that enough to know who I'm talking about. Um, but he was scheduled to visit, uh, visit sorry, the Performance Centre in April. Um, obviously, we're almost at the end of April now, and we, we kind of know the reasons why that won't happen. Um, essentially, he's based in Japan and the Performance Centre is not. Uh, so you can imagine that's not going to happen. 
Uh, that would obviously put things back a wee bit. <sighs> I don't know if it's going to happen or no. I, I, I feel that they won't completely, you know, chuck the plans out the window. But with everything we've spoken about, thankfully, no one in the news, but everything we've spoken about regarding WWE's finances right now, you'd have to imagine it's at least yeah. going to be pushed back quite a bit. If they're not developing their, their new HQ, then that's probably going to be the priority and then everything after that's going to have to come after that. So, aye, we'll see. I mean, you don't actually on that, you don't think there's any worry around NXT UK or them doing anything with that. I mean, you can never tell, obviously, because we're, we're living in these times where everyone's going to be struggling for money, all the big businesses, you wouldn't think there'd be any risk to NXT UK, do you? No. Um, so that is something that has been almost confirmed. I don't want to say confirmed because anything can happen. Um, but apparently NXT UK will not be um, anything that's affected by job losses in any way. There's a bit of a weird fugazi answer about this, uh, whereby the talents, uh, you know, they're on a lower lower rate of pay anyway, as you would yeah. expect, um, just because it's pre-recorded shows. They're not having to be used every week. They're, they're going to do tapings, you know, what every two months, something like that. Every three months, they're doing a batch of tapings. So obviously, they're on a lower rate of pay. Um, they're not affected. The only person that has lost their job that is featured in NXT UK is Cassius Ono, um, as we mentioned. The reason for that, he is not an NXT UK contracted star. Obviously, was an NXT to begin with, which, again, a slight tangent. I'll try and keep it quick. The, the NXT stars that have got the non-compete clauses have got a 30-day clause rather than the 90-day that right. the rest of the superstars have got. But Leo Rush has got a 90-day no-compete clause, something that I, I confirmed because he was one of a few stars that I reached out to after this, had a wee discussion with. Um, I've interviewed him in the past, so that was kind of why I reached out. Um, but he confirmed that he's got a 90-day no-compete clause, but that is because it wasn't a contracted NXT superstar. A bit right. weird, but if you think about it, it was on Raw. So obviously, yeah, it's going to have your contract when it was on Raw. Man. Yeah, essentially, he's a main roster talent, despite being an NXT, which is what you would say Finn Balor would be if you wanted a comparison on that. Yeah. Um, so the reason Cassius Ono got released wasn't anything to do with him being an NXT UK. It was because he's an NXT superstar um, that was just, you know, by proxy coming over here to do the tapings, do a wee bit of training and stuff like that. So it's a bit of an odd one. High paid and you'd have been getting across here all the time as well. So he'd have been one of the ones racking up those sweet, sweet expenses. There is a very good chance he was probably one of the highest paid people in NXT UK just by proxy of not being contracted (laughs) as an NXT UK superstar, which is a weird one. Um, But yeah, NXT UK apparently safe. Um, Obviously, we know that a lot of the NXT UK talents are here. I I don't want to out anybody as such, but we know that a lot of the NXT UK talents have got other ventures that they're self-employed in, other things outside of wrestling. Um, And obviously, they do get their contracted pay. NXT UK, it's been confirmed that all NXT UK superstars, this isn't by WWE, so again, I could be, (laughs) I don't want to say confirmed by WWE, but it's been confirmed by a few journalists and a few kind of sources, the the one thing I hate saying, that NXT UK superstars will be paid, they will keep their jobs, they'll be completely fine, they'll get paid, apparently get paid for the tapings that didn't take place that were meant to, which is great news, um, which is the news that they've heard about Ring of Honor still paying their their talents and uh, um, Impact, I was going to say Ring of Honor again, still paying their talents as well. Um, so I apparently NXT UK is safe and hopefully it stays that way because I think for me it's the, the most exciting TV show. I keep saying this up until it stopped being uh, recorded and we're now getting kind of highlights. But up until that point, it was the most exciting TV show and the most consistent TV show for me. So good news there uh, and a week where everything's been filled with bad news. Well, good to hear. And fingers crossed next week there's a lot better news to tell us. 
So do you know what a VPN is, Gary? Yes, I'm not very technically minded, but I do know what a VPN is. Very right. useful thing. It is a useful thing, and we've got together with ExpressVPN, because a VPN basically protects your privacy and security online. But here's something you might not know. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. So you might not know it, but like Netflix have different shows in America as Australia, Spain, everybody has different shows on Netflix. So basically you can get ExpressVPN and sign up for that and watch shows on Netflix from across the world. So we're all stuck at home at the moment, obviously in self-isolation. We're all in need of a, a good box set. So basically I've been using ExpressVPN to watch The West Wing. Now, you can get basically The West Wing on American Netflix. All of The West Wing is on American Netflix. So if you sign up to Express VPN, you can just binge through it. So if you've not seen The West Wing, it's probably one of the best TV shows ever. So get on to Express VPN right now and you can watch it all. So it's really easy to do. Just fire up the Express VPN app. That's what I did. Change my location to the US and then boom, I can get Netflix America. So Basically, ExpressVPN, it hides your IP address and lets you control where you want the sites to think you're located. So if you set it to America, you can obviously check out American Netflix. That's how I've been watching The West Wing. And Alex, I know you're a big fan of anime, so you could use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix, and there's loads of anime up there. It's a lot better. It's a lot better. I got a little bit hooked on the Japanese Netflix when I was in Japan and have not been able to cope without it. So ExpressVPN is very handy for that kind of thing. Absolutely. It's not just Netflix as well. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service like Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it, it works for that. There's loads of VPNs out there, but the reason we use ExpressVPN on this show is basically really, really fast. There's no buffering, there's no lag, and you can stream in HD, no problem. So ExpressVPN is compatible with all your devices as well, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on a personal device or on a big screen, whatever you are. So get sorted now, and we've got a great offer for you here. If you visit our link, expressvpn.com forward slash wrestling, that's expressvpn.com forward slash wrestling, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. So just get on that, you'll get three months of ExpressVPN on us. So support the show by going to expressvpn.com forward slash wrestling, and you can get stuck in about the West Wing or Japanese anime, if you're Alex. So welcome to Fancy Booking Island once again where we take our boat to a tropical island and we take the wrestling books with us and decide exactly what's going to happen. Now after the success of last week we thought we'd switch it up a wee bit. Um, last week it was uh, Gary against Alex uh, booking Drew McIntyre from Wrestlemania to Wrestlemania. So we thought we'd keep that format and we'd go against each other with one of us judging each week. So we may this, need to change the name then, John. We can't be a nice, pleasant island. I mean, it should maybe be like, I don't know, Fantasy Booking Battleships or something like that. <laughs> for lack of a better name. I've got Fantasy Booking Islands. So you're on one island and I'm on the other island and Gary's in the middle on a boat. Okay, <laughs> so we'll just change the name of the feature to Fantasy Booking Islands. So um, this week we thought we'll have a topic each week and off the back of the, the releases, we thought we'd both pick a wrestler and fantasy book them. Now, the caveat to this as well is you've only got two minutes to book them, okay? So, we'll flip a coin and see who goes first, all right? So, Gary, you're judging this week, and it's between me and Alex. I'll get the stopwatch on. Right, heads or tails, <laughs> Alex? Oh, tails every time. Tails every time. 
It's heads. I choose ah. you to go first. Well, delightful, delightful. So, well, we'll jump straight in it. So, of course, I'm gonna start the timer. I'm... Start the timer. Well, I, I get to introduce my subject first, really. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, you can right, introduce okay. the subject so first, and then we'll start booking, the timer. Right, I'm going to be booking referee Mike Fiodor to the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> 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 no, no, I'm not. Um, so, if there's one thing that has irked me from wrestling over the past non-coronavirus times was Kurt Angle's very poor retirement. And technically, he's a wrestler who's just been released. So let's rebook it. Time all started. Right, so basically, we're going to actually do this pretty much now. So I want to do more segments than actual matches. Because Kurt can't really do a match anymore. He can do, like, one match. That's, that's it. So basically, let's, let's do this all on YouTube. So basically, Kurt joins AEW and basically starts showing up on BTE. And he can start doing stupid parody things. So when he first shows up, he's just like this guy standing in the distance holding up an American flag like his entrance from TNA. He can go and do cowboy shit with Adam Page and like wear his wee hat and say yippee Kaye. He can, uh, <laughs> every time he sees Jake Hager, they're just casually wearing the same clothes because everyone used to compare them together and just look at each other really confused. So at the end of the day, Cody ends up inviting him to Dynamite. And at the end of the day, he stands up, him and Brandy end up becoming really close and there's this kind of weird kind of love triangle starts to kind of go on. Not a love triangle, but like Brandy kind of idolizing Kurt. Down the road, it's Cody versus Archer for the TNT Championship in the final. He asks Kurt to be the special guest referee. And just before the Kurt comes down, Kurt turns heel just like he did on Eddie Guerrero back in 2004 and shakes his head and beats down Cody. So for the next few weeks, he then goes inside with MGF and Wardlow and they do the whole Edge and Christian kind of three-man band kind of thing, which I think could be quite funny, you know, like 2001 heel angle, call themselves gold of the earth, it'll be great. And so we'll kind of build to one big match at All Out, and we'll just call it Cody versus Kurt, because basically it comes down to Kurt wants what Cody's got. So he wants Brandy and he wants his VP shit. So they have a match, we'll carry on parodying Kurt. So at one point, Kurt tries to pull a substitute out from underneath the ring like he did with Undertaker. He can, I don't know, belly to belly Cody through a pane of glass. But it'll all break down to, of course, Cody tapping out and retiring Kurt with the angle lock. There'll then be a cheeky wee beatdown from MJF, just so next week on Dynamite, Kurt Angle can come out in his milk truck and spray them all down. Boom, Kurt Angle retirement round two. <laughs> in one minute and 58 seconds as well. So that's well, actually just what 159 almost, so bang on under two minutes. I have one question that's actually more of a suggestion. So Kurt Angle is uh, obviously gaining a lot if he beats Cody Rhodes. Uh, until, or actually, that's uh, it's a rubbish suggestion uh, because it was going to be if uh, Cody Rhodes beats Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle needs to get the Cody neck tattoo as well. Ooh. <laughs> uh, just had a wee bit extra jeopardy in there. Um, I mean, I was just going to make him retire, but I think that's a much better punishment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, listen, that's good. That's, that's, a, that's a hard task to beat. So I guess it's my turn now. Um, right, okay. So I have chosen to book Zack Ryder. And my time starts now. Right, now, okay, um, Zack Ryder, I think, is a lost talent to wrestling. Back in 2010, you could arguably, he created YouTube for wrestlers. He created shoot stuff. He was the first person to take the bull by the horns and go out and do his whole thing. So let's take that because the WWE did not pull the trigger on that at all. Okay, so he's now freed, okay? So let's have the return of Long Island 
icy and true stories, okay? So he starts doing his internet series. We already, already know that there's um, him and Cody are very good friends. In the background, while this is all going on, so Zach started uh, Long Island Stories again. Um, he's, he's doing his internet shows. Basically, in the background, what's happening is the elite's splitting up, the elite's gone, the elite's gone. Um, Young Bucks uh, are running riot across the place, but then they kind of they all get together. Omega, Hangman, comes back into the phrase. Cody, they all beat down the, the Young Bucks. Um, and while this is all going on, Zach is getting popular and popular. You know, you start seeing all these plants of getting Ryder booked. You know, Cody's hinting online that he's going to get book him, he's going to book him. Um, and then suddenly, oh my God, I'm looking at the clock. Uh, then, oh no, I've totally lost my train of thought. Anyway, so what happens is it's a crossover, get Ryder book, get Ryder book. Ryder turns up at uh, ringside during a beat down. Uh, there's been all rumors, sorts of rumors of there. Uh, there's a, a third man involved. They think it's going to join the Bucks. Riders at ringside, he drop, jumps the barrier. Um, Bucks are beating down. Oh, just give it to Alex. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was going to be an amalgamation of Get Grado booked and the end of your storyline where Zach Ryder <laughs> appears to be the, the third man on the breakup. Uh, and everybody thinks he's going to get booked via Cody and he ends up beating up Cody and he goes on a run against Cody. I think there can only be one winner. In fact, I'm just bowing out and just hand it to Alex this week, Jesus. I, although I'm surprised that if you're booking Zack Ryder and Cody Rhodes, you didn't do the thing that someone on Twitter done recently and have them booked as uh, the sweet life of Zack and Cody and then they said put them on Chris Jericho's cruise and have them as the sweet life of Zack and Cody on deck. Um, but I... I <laughs> Alex, just for the sake of getting everything in really concisely, and literally one second under two minutes, it was going to be hard to beat anyway. But I think um, it's like, a good, um, definitely a good suggestion for both of you because, man, they missed the boat on Zack Ryder, and obviously Kurt Angle's retirement was what anybody expected it to be. So, right, <laughs> so okay. I want to see both of them reboot. Fair enough, fair enough. Alex, you're the winner. And as winner, you get to choose whether you judge or pitching next week. I've done two weeks in a row, and I'm currently sitting undefeated. So I'm going to take out next week and let you two <laughs> let you two fight it out. All does right, this mean okay. I also get to pick the topic as well, does it? Yeah, it doesn't mean I... you get to pick the topic for next week as well. So look forward to that, and we'll have more fantasy booking, hopefully with me not failing as much next week. Can I wait to book Death Triangle? <laughs> <laughs> So that's it for another week of wrestling Daft March. It's been a pretty busy show. We didn't even re- have time for the 10 count this week. And it's got nothing to do with the fact I've not got one recorded. But there you go. <laughs> you were in the clear, John. And you can't probably do Davy Blaze twice now because you've already I, done it. Yeah, we had Davy on. If you haven't, if you haven't heard uh, last week's episode of Wrestling Daft, get that downloaded now. Davy Blaze was a right hoot. Um, so get on that. This week, We've got some irons in the fire. Let's just say if one of our guests, we pull it off, you'll hear all about it because it would probably be our second, I would say, maybe one of the biggest guests we've ever had on. 
Definitely below Jericho, but obviously quite. He's quite in a that bit tier. He's, he's, yeah, in, he's, yeah. in, he's in. He's in. He's in that kind of top five tier. Al, Al Snow and Mr. Kennedy, I would say. So fingers crossed that happens. You'll have to listen on Friday to Rab and Grado to find out if it does. The other thing you need to listen to is the list of wrestling daft this week. We put it up to our patrons, uh, and I didn't really have anything to think about this week. So as I'm in a theme tune mood at the moment due to my putting over of Imperium and Tazawa's theme earlier on the show, I thought I'd put up. The best themes of modern wrestling today versus the best finishers of wrestling today. And it was actually best themes in wrestling today that won it. Um, Again, biased journalism. Aye, yeah. (laughs) Alex, coming to you, what's your favourite theme at the moment? You see, I can't say Volta now because you've stolen Volta from me. So I can't say it. Oh, you can, you can. You can go with Imperium, that's fine. We can both have that. Like Imperium. I mean, I'm also quite a big mark for Judas now that it's kind everyone's of, a mark for Judas. Everyone's singing Judas. Yeah. So I don't believe I'm sitting here saying positive things about Fuzzy, but I like Judas. Right. Okay. And Gary, what? What? You're going to go for Judas as well, aren't you? No. 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 No, um, I do love it. It's an amazing song. I'm torn. I want to say Gallus, but I think theirs is brilliant. But I'm actually torn between two WWE ones. One would be Rhea Ripley's one, and this is because I like oh. both vocalists. Hers has got Ash Costello for New Year's Day, and it's just a brilliant, you know, the, the stomp is perfect for it. Um, but what I think would be my favourite one, Baron Corbin, um, not the one that's got, you know, the, the King intro in it, and not the old NXT one, the one in between that, uh, featuring Tommy Vexed for Bad Wolves. Um, I just think yeah. it's absolutely brilliant. I think he's got his theme tunes. Can yeah, I retract my answer? As I've just realised that technically the man with the greatest, greatest wrestling entrance of all time is back on the roster. Edge. 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 Yeah. Edge. <laughs> like Metalingus, uh, that Alter Bridge song has, is, yeah, best wrestling entrance ever. I love the Undisputed Era. Uh, it's just the whole entrance, the boom. I love The that. references to the NWO as well. It's like, yeah. just a parody so, uh, of the NWO. Great. A wee sneaky, this isn't so much a name drop as me kind of dropping myself in it. Um, so when I was down in Blackpool on NXT UK TakeOver, Blackpool 2, I was in the same hotel as the wrestlers. And when I woke up before doing my interviews on the first day, I you know, went for a shower. I woke up really early because I was scared I was going to sleep in. I'm not a morning person. But I woke up and I, like, I kind of stuck on some wrestling in the background, was watching some stuff, went for a shower, done you know, gel in the hair and all that. I was blasting it. The Undisputed Era's theme tune on repeat the full time and then obviously they showed up and I believe they were in the same hotel so I really hope they weren't <laughs> in the room next to me because they just heard me blasting their theme tune constantly <laughs> I hope they were I really hope they were what is Mark next door uh, so, as ever Alex thank you very much well John remember you've got to do me a favour on the big podcast this week what's Get that Jericho scrambled Yeah, well, we'll, I'll speak to Rabbit Green about that. And thanks very much, Gary, as always. Thank you. Here's for another slow week in news next week. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. Uh, Thank you very very much for listening to Wrestling Daft The Marks. We'll be back with the flagship show Friday at 3.16 with Rabbit Green and fingers crossed this guest, though he's not messaged me back. So we'll wait and find out about that. So thanks for listening. Anticipation on a Tuesday. (laughs) Just making yourself a hole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Audio Frontier.